I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Jake, a Newcastle fan. You can get me on Twitter at JakeJackman with two N's. Hi, everyone. I'm Sam Cart. You can find me on Twitter at Sam double underscore Cart. I'm a Crystal Palace fan and also write for a company called Sports Pro. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Joshy. Uh, you know me from Twitter as Doc Joshi, although my handle's now changed to Medi Joshi, M-E-D-I-J-O-S-H-I. I'm a Man United fan and a medic. Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. We said we would record the next time there was big news, and we fully expected it to drop Monday, but then it kind of didn't. Uh, but we have gotten an update from the government saying that uh, organized sport can't happen before June 1st, which obviously means it could potentially happen after that. Uh, then, of course, the Premier League chairman saying uh, mid-June is currently the target date, though there isn't a specific date locked in on it yet. Uh, I guess just let's start off with our feelings on that. Obviously, we were hoping to get a lot more information out of the, both the government uh, announcement and the Premier League meeting. But uh, with those two dates kind of being bandied about, how are you guys feeling? Are we thinking that maybe it could actually return some point in June? Um, I, I'm, I'm sure really it's difficult. Um, I mean, all the, all the medical, um, evidence and the, the figures and things that you read about, uh, in the media on a daily basis, I'm sure, uh, Joshua had more to say about this. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's getting much better uh, for sport to come back. Uh, it still seems to be, I think today in the UK, it was still more than 600 deaths. So, you know, when you're seeing those sort of figures, it doesn't really correspond to me thinking oh great football's going to come back soon um it does seem like it is motivated by um calendar dates and, and finances which you know at the end of the day all businesses are going to to factor on those those motivations firstly uh or at least it's going to be a, a, a big motivation for them i can understand the need to get the season finished as quickly as possible um i don't think it can go on till november december i think if we get to that point we're just going to have to just find a way to to finish it on what has been played already um i I don't think it can drag on i know some people uh that i've read think that it should go on as long as possible and if you know you have two seasons stretch over one um no one season stretch over two years then then it's better to have one complete season but i think with contractual stuff and and other things it's best to try and move on especially as a lot of the smaller clubs outside the premier league need need season ticket money and and things that come in on a seasonally basis rather than you know trying to drag on that you know there's obviously money in football where where that could become available to to do that but i'm not sure if, if you know fifa and the fa and the premier league are willing to really give those sort of uh, funds out to, to lower league clubs especially as um i think the premier league money that's gone out to them already is is money that they were going to get eventually it wasn't like it was a, a free gift it was money they were these clubs were going to get eventually it was just brought forward um, so, yeah, I did, I'm not sure if it will come back anytime soon. I think they're going to do everything they can to get it back. Um, I thought it was quite interesting uh, yesterday when they said you can play sport in, in with people in your own household. So I had this crazy vision of of um, all the Premier League clubs moving into one big compound. It'd be like a, a Love Island programme as well. Is that isn't going to be on the TV this year in the UK. So I thought you could combine those two and do something crazy like that. I mean, it's it's not as crazy as some of the suggestions out on, on Twitter or in the media that we're, we're, I'm sure we're going to come on to that we spoke about a little bit pre-recording. So they'll find a way, I think. But it, a lot's going to depend on what happens in the Bundesliga if if they manage to, to get it done successfully and don't have another major disruption in, in the play, then maybe the Premier League will will find a way to do it. But, you know, as the weeks go, as the weeks go by, I'm, I'm getting less and less interested in it coming back. Um, 
even if, you know, even if, say, I, I said this pre-recording as well, it's not going to happen, but even if coronavirus disappeared tomorrow and you, you could go back to playing the rest of the games um, in full stadiums as you would, would originally, the three teams that were going to go down would, in that scenario, would still, you know, point out at this disruption and say this caused him to go down. So it's always whichever scenario now you're going to get some some teams unhappy and using this as an excuse to to sort of um, back up why they were the ones to go down and there'll be legal suits. So there's there's not a we're not going to find a perfect ending. And, and the the longer it goes on, I just think we should find a way to to either finish it now or. Um, just null and void the whole season. I, you know, I, I said, I think on the first podcast I came on after this, that null and voiding the whole season would be the least unfair thing to do. And, and the more the weeks go on, the, the more I think that. Yeah, look, I mean, I think yesterday's announcement was obviously a step in the right direction for the Premier League. And and that roadmap, roadmap that the, the government's issued obviously gives it something to work towards. Um, I think that mid-June date that the Premier League has earmarked, it still feels like an awful lot still has to happen between now and then, if um, if that is when the league does really plan to restart. Um, I mean, you're obviously you're talking about potentially starting a month from now and teams still haven't returned to training properly. There's a lot of concern among players. Uh, it's not yet decided where the games are going to be played. Um, and then you've obviously got all the medical protocols they're going to have to go through, um, working with broadcasters and how those games are televised, working out how you're going to provide any value to sponsors. Um, you know, all discussions that I'm sure would have been going on in the background anyway, but they are things that will still need to be thrashed out. Um, and then, of course, you know, they'll have to consider whether a return to action will actually you know, be in keeping with the public mood, as, as Jake kind of said there. Um, I'm not sure how many people, you know, would feel comfortable with football resuming while um, while the health crisis is uh, as concerning as it does still seem to be. Um, you know, if there is a spike in cases now that the, now the lockdown restrictions have been eased slightly, um, people might not be comfortable with football getting back underway again. Um, and I thought it was interesting today, actually, that YouGov released a survey that had found that 73% of people um, would not actually see a return of football boost their morale, which has kind of been the party line being towed by the government throughout this. So, you know, maybe people aren't necessarily as desperate for football to return as everyone in that sort of sports bubble tends to think. Um, personally, I know I know a lot of people will disagree, such as the polarising nature of football. I find it quite strange that we're talking about getting football back underway. You know, there's, a, there's perhaps a good chance I'd be saying something different if my team wasn't mid-table with absolutely nothing to play for if you know if we were sat in the bottom three i'm sure it'd be a little bit different but it does feel like a june return would just feel a bit rushed um i do wonder whether the sensible thing to do would you know just kind of decide the season on points per game or something similar and spend the next few months fine-tuning an environment where it would be safe to start next season as close to august as possible um I mean, as Jake alluded to already, the obvious answer to why that probably won't happen is money. Um, I think it was the BBC reported today that the Premier League would still owe its broadcasters £340 million, even if it does finish the season behind closed doors. Um, but, you know, my opinion at the end of the day is that the Premier League still has these lucrative broadcast contracts tied up until 2022. I think they're worth over £9 billion. So, you know, it might lose out on some of that revenue this season, but that contract is still going to be there for next season and the season after. Um, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but you would imagine that after this, the demand for the Premier League isn't exactly going to diminish. So those companies are still going to be willing to <laughs> to spend um, to spend that money to, to show it again in the future. So, so yeah, um, I mean, in short, I think it's it's fine to admit that you want football back, but also to note that it might be more sensible not necessarily to bring it back. Um, so, I mean, yeah, those June dates are a step in the right direction for the Premier League and its desire to finish the season, but still lots to figure out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of good points made. But I mean, the, the main point I've always made is actually we just need... The, the, the last, last season is done, right, for me. It, it, there's no way you can feasibly start that season in June and then, and then not impact the following season. For me, the sen- for, for me, the sensible thing to do is, is to look at how we manage next season, right? Because 
we're going to see this isn't just because you know they might say let's go back in june but we don't know what's going to happen between now and june and for me the the lockdown hasn't been um from a scientific and medical perspective yet yeah, the 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 death rates are coming down but we're not out of this first wave and and we're already easing because other countries are easing without understanding that we're actually behind them in the timeline so we will see uh, we'll we'll see it go up and that that I'm I'm fairly certain of that the other thing is I fully understand we can't be in lockdown for 18 months or however long it's going to take before a vaccine or some kind of treatment comes through so whenever we do come out of this lockdown on a more full scale we're going to see more another wave so it's going to impact and i think there'll just be another lockdown at some point you're going to see waves of it um because the government hasn't really controlled it fully and hasn't got a strategy in place so actually for me the threat is for next season because you're going to have to build into the season periods where well not not necessarily not necessarily actual dates but flexibility so you can say all right now we're in lockdown for the next six weeks just to make sure we we sort of bring things under control again probably over winter um and you're gonna have to build flexibility and you may do that by cancelling the league cup uh potentially even the fa cup what i don't understand is how uefa think they're going to be able to do uh you know run champions league and europa league you, you i'm pretty certain the europa league will be under threat champions league probably has too much money behind it but again you're talking about flights and clubs and fans following clubs around all over europe when certain countries have travel bans other countries have full restrictions other countries have quarantines when you arrive how how are they going to manage that so for me the the bigger question is not about the season gone for me that's done i think their people just need to accept that and and personally i think all of this that we're seeing is more around demonstrating that they've tried to do everything they can to to try and get that the season back back up and running before it's eventually just done and dusted because it's not feasible i mean we talked about it before the, before the before the podcast but that new i didn't i thought it was a joke when you said that players have been recommended to turn their face away when tackling i mean what kind of I just don't can't get my head around that what you're you're in a full contact sport for a start and now you've been told turn your face turn your face away from players I mean this is it's just ridiculous I thought it was a joke I tweeted something like that the other day where I said uh there'll be a stoppage in play every single time someone's tackled so that you can sanitize their entire bodies but it is getting about as ridiculous as that so for me it's you got to do away with last season however you decide the end of it right in terms of whether it's voided or um you give the league title to liverpool and and crack on it's kind of to me that's you need to can't just say that the season's done and then you can concentrate on that and then you can concentrate on managing the following season mm. i think if you start just if you start trying to bring back this season it's going to impact next season it just becomes a farce you can either impact one or uh, and concentrate on the next one or just it'll just be knock on effects for for a long time so I think the question that probably some listeners are having, having heard kind of how pessimistic all, all of you are about it returning, would be to look at the Bundesliga, which is returning this weekend, or to look at Austria or the Czech leagues, which are both meant to, to start before the end of the month, and say, well, what's happened there that's working that isn't working in England that leads to you all thinking that it's so unlikely? I, I just think with, with Germany especially, they're just, they would, were just so much more prepared and, and reacted better to the virus that it, it didn't impact them as much in it as it is over here. I mean, you could, you know, a quick look at the the death figures that, that are already available will tell you that quickly. Um, it probably helps that they've got a lot of the big pharmaceutical companies in Germany. Um, so I guess there's more wide-scale testing and it's probably more available to Bundesliga clubs. Um, so yeah, I just think they're, they're more ahead of it. I don't know the other countries as much, but I'd probably guess a similar, a similar reason. Um, the, the big thing that, that probably gives England an advantage in getting the Premier League back, if you even call it an advantage, is the government we have are probably very pro it um, and, and they, they will do whatever they can to sort of help it come back. And I think that's going to be the case with all all businesses, really. Um, so I, I think that the, the government in the UK are probably going to at some point put business before the, the safety of the nation if they haven't already so maybe you could cling on to that and get in the Premier League back I'm sure that they, they will give it the best go possible at bringing it back um, but it, it, 
there's just so many problems with it. And as as much as I'd love to, you know, sit down and watch a Premier League match, I'm not sure if 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 it came back in June and you still had these, I know, six seven hundred people dying a day, or if an even bigger wave came, if I'd be that comfortable sat there watching it, like a, a part of me would probably feel quite quite wrong watching it, which is crazy um, for football. And and you know, a lot of people would say that if we're going to go behind closed doors as well, that that takes away a lot. And it and it football being played played behind closed doors is it's more for the business of football than it is for the sport like having fans is such a big part of it um it's just gonna be it, I, i'm just not that fussed about it coming back until and, and and i just think those other countries um germany especially are just better prepared for it uh, and i'm sure i'm not even sure that's going to be successful you know you, you've heard of um the dynamo dresden players they've gone um into a full quarantine because i think two or three players tested positive i think uh, a couple of Bundesliga clubs have, have had players test positive as well, so it's not it's not even like it's completely gone over there. They they've just I guess are, are better prepared for it, and I'd probably have more faith in in the Bundesliga and the German government to get it right um, than I would for the Premier League um, and and the English government. It just I just think it's way too premature, uh, and I agree with Joshy that it, I can't see this this season playing to a to a a, a climax either way even at neutral grounds or in any way possible I think if it either in the coming weeks or in the coming months at some point we're going to have to sit down and make a decision on how to finish this league season um, but yeah I, 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 I can't see it coming back I think that England in the position it's in now it's, it's not going to get better with with the recent relaxation it's probably going to get worse so yeah I, I just can't see it coming back and I I had doubts that the Bundesliga will even see a, a climax of their season, but I'm I'm more optimistic about that than I would be the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, Jake Jake touched on it there. Obviously, if you talk coming back and, and all these other leagues which are due to start before the Premier League, I mean, there is just there's still absolutely zero guarantee that that means they're going to reach the conclusion of their seeds. Um, you know, every time that a league, whether it's Premier League, whether it's the Bundesliga, whether it's in other sports, whenever they've announced a return date, um, it's always just felt like a placeholder that's there as a target to work towards and so that then has to be pushed back again because, as uh, Joshua alluded to before, you know, it's kind of, it's the PR to this as well. You've got to be seen to be actively trying to, to bring these competitions back and sort of exhausted all options until there is nothing else. And I think um, at work today, we got a press release through from BT Sport saying um, that they're going to be showing every Bundesliga game this weekend. You know, I made the joke that um, might as well make the most of it while it's still on because I generally can't see it being on for much longer than this weekend, maybe the weekend after, because it's that kind of Dynamo Dresden situation highlights, um, you know, when a group of players, when a, when a group of players, whether it's or, or coaches or other members of the of the club, do inevitably contract the virus, which I think will happen, um, you know, what do you do? Do you do you carry on? Do you do you send the rest? Of, do you send that whole squad into isolation? Do you separate those that have contracted the virus from the rest of the players? There's just there's just so many questions which need to be answered, um, and. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I'm just not sure whether it's whether it's sensible for these leagues to be returning. And again, even the Bundesliga, you know, a league that traditionally has been more about the fans than anything else. Even that league, the, the reason it's returning is primarily because it's financially driven. Um, the DFL, who obviously operate the Bundesliga and the two Bundesliga, has said that um, a number of its clubs will be going bust if it if it doesn't complete the season. So. Again, it's kind of it's balancing that that sort of risk with I suppose it sounds weird to be saying reward, but necessity at this stage. Um, but I think you know just because those leagues are returning uh, before the Premier League, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be still active once once the Premier League does reach that point where it is planning to to resume. Yeah, and I think that last point is really important, just because the the, the German leagues are coming back or the Austrian leagues coming back doesn't mean the Premier League should now be going, oh, well, we can come back 
we we we're behind them in in the virus. We, we're not as well prepared. We've had a much higher death toll. We've got much um, poorer kind of testing strategy. I mean, even in Germany, they, they've done well. They haven't, but they haven't like crushed it or anything. So that's why you've seen the whole squad going to quarantine. Um, with the with the UK, I just think it's madness to start thinking about it. So I think I agree actually that the German league is probably going to be open for a couple of weeks and and then it'll likely go back. I don't know a lot about what's happened in Austria, but I know that they're kind of when you look at their they're both the country's death counts and it's weird. <laughs> it's not a nice thing to be talking about because it's a lot of individual people have died that we talk about. We we kind of have to talk about it in a more statistical point of view. Um, you know, the UK per per uh, million population is, I think, it's about 482 deaths per million. Those two countries are around 50 and 90. So they are a lot better than, they've done a lot better than we have done in terms of total number of deaths, deaths per million, number of tests, tests per million, all that kind of stuff. They've got better contact tracing um, strategy in place. All of these things help with the virus and help you to, strategize for individual businesses and industries and and this is an industry right so sports and it it's why that they you know with their financial drive it's why they've come back but actually i'm pretty sure a lot of german um, fan groups have come out and sort of protested against the return saying you know it's not it's it's not in the interests of the national of national health so again they, they're, they're taking the lead for but in a much better situation. And I think what we need to understand is we are behind them in the timeline. The problem is as well, uh, and, and we'll see what happens with Germ in Germany and Austria, but the problem is in the UK, and we've already seen it, people, people just get fed up and do their own thing, right? And that's, you know, you can criticize it, and I'm in a lucky position where I've got a lot of open grass and stuff around my house, and we, we can get out and exercise and, I can do my job from home. So I'm not criticizing individual decisions, but guaranteed, what I will criticize is people having street parties and going out and about and having barbecues and parties at home, things like that. That's just irresponsible. Now imagine if Liverpool first weekend win the league, because I think they were at that point, right? They could have won it in the, in the next match, right? They were one game away or maybe two. There will be a, a significant minority, a minority, yes, but a significant minority that will go out on some kind of celebration parade because Liverpool won't get an official parade. So you've just got to, all of these things. I just think it's just why take the risk? I don't even care. Give them a title. It's done. Whatever. But why take the risk when we're not even out of this first wave and, and to be talking about it? Just uh, and trying to model it on what other countries are doing is is it's not it's not the same. They're they're in a different position, in in different timelines with a different and better uh, strategy and and kind of in health infrastructure in place. So I don't know. It's, it's, I I can't see. I was thinking about it the other day. How could you feasibly run a football match, um, a, a premier a Premier League football match, and try and keep it aside from the 11 players on the pitch because they're going to have to be full contact and then the referees and then as you start thinking about it you just go no it's just too much that 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 um there are too many variables to control for you're just opening yourself up for risk and as soon as one club goes into quarantine especially with the premier league having to try and finish within a few weeks it just um, throws the entire calendar out of whack. what do you do what do you do with that team do you just say oh well that's the same as any injury You've got to bring out a squad, or do you just, or do you say the whole squad has to go into quarantine? So it's just there's too much to think about, and 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 too much risk for me. Hmm. All right. Well, one of the the plans to to reduce the issue of something like Liverpool fans gathering if they won the title, not to continually call them out, but that is obviously the biggest thing that would happen. Um, one of the ideas is the neutral venue proposal. So basically, no home team would play in their home city for the rest of the season, uh, which means no home matches for uh, clubs that perhaps were hoping for those to kind of catch back up in the table to reach their objectives. Uh, this was supposed to be voted on in the Premier League meeting, uh, but then it seems like it wasn't. At least 14 clubs are opposed, according to an article from The Athletic. Uh, it was it was heavily reported that some of the uh, relegation battling teams uh, were against it, but now it sounds like it's 
really the majority of clubs that are against the idea of a neutral venue. Uh, do you guys think that that kind of plan would even work? And and why do you think clubs and a lot of fan bases are so opposed? Um, no, I don't. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the neutral venue thing. Um, I think that I, I can understand why they're thinking of doing it. Um, you know, you're not going to, if Liverpool are playing in Brighton, you're not going to get all the Liverpool fans going out and hanging outside the stadium. But then, you know, there's fans of big teams, especially all around the country, and I still think you'll get some sort of sort of effect. Um, I also think it's slightly unfair um, to teams. Um, I know Aston Villa, uh, one team that has six games left at home, for them to play neutral grounds, it maybe takes a little bit of that advantage that perhaps would have had in those games um, away from them, especially as uh, three of those games against Manchester United, Chelsea, and Arsenal. So. You know, playing in a neutral ground is not going to favour them as much as playing in their own ground. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, and I'm not a big fan of a lot of these rule changes that they're bringing in, the five subs um, being able to be made, um, you know, the option to take VAR, VAR out, of, out of the rest of the games as well. It's like, uh, you know, you even had, um, I think it was Graham Taylor, the head of the, the PSA, saying, why don't you, um, you know, reduce the, the, the time in each half? It's just... You know, if they get if they're going to bring it back, I want it to be brought back as close to to what it is now. You know, all these changes. I think at the end of it, the teams that do go down or teams that do miss out on the top four, they've got they've got the right to say that it's unfair and they've got a, a legal challenge because that's sporting integrity. You're playing a, a completely different sport in those last few games just for the benefit of getting it finished somehow. Like the the rules have changed, so I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. And I think the neutral ground thing is. Is a similar is a similar thing to that. Um, like if if you need to make all these concessions, it shouldn't be coming back. That's that's my view. I only want football to come back when it when it's able to come back in the current form it's in or as close to. Like I think I could probably get over the no fans. Um, but yeah, to change in the ground, make it being able to make more subs and and the other things that are being suggested. Just, yeah, I just don't think it's worth it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss I mean I think I think this kind of shows what happens when you create a business like the Premier League where there's so many interests to protect I think in recent years you've obviously seen it with the top six and they've been jostling for a larger share of the pie um, in terms of TV money sort of you know trying to highlight their value to the competition um arguing that you know people wouldn't watch it so much if they weren't in it um at a time like this you obviously need collaboration you need clubs to be agreeing on things um and there's an apparent lack of that at the moment uh, i think one thing that's been noticeable i know we've already spoken about the bundesliga and perhaps it's because we live in the uk rather in Germany, but i just don't feel like I saw as much news about Bundesliga coming back in terms of disagreements and fallouts and, you know, clubs being out of, out of you know, being so not aligned on things. Um, it just seemed to come back. It seemed to have returned without as much noise. Whereas here it feels like the story is changing every hour around the conditions under which the Premier League will return. So, you know, now you've got teams who are concerned about their place in the league um, their potential place in the Champions League. Obviously, Liverpool, we know, are going to win the title under whatever circumstances that it is decided. Um, but, you know, all of these 20 clubs, these stakeholders essentially are, are acting to ensure that the conditions 
under which the Premier League returns are going to suit them best and give them the best chance of succeeding and, you know, survive relegation or making it into the top four. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what happens when you create a competition where the prizes are as great as they are in the Premier League. You know, you, you do kind of create that division. Um, so, you know, on the neutral venues, I mean, again, it might be because I'm so apathetic about what happens over the course of the rest of the season and because it doesn't affect me in the sense that I know I won't be able to go to Selhurst Park to watch the games. But on neutral venues, if they do have to get the season done and that's how they're going to do it, I don't see that much of an issue with it personally. Um, you know, I completely understand the argument that it's unfair if you, that it's unfair if um, teams obviously lose the familiarity of playing at their home ground. But I also think that if you take away the, the crowd element, then you do wonder how much an advantage it really is anyway. Um, you know, also it minimises, if you're using neutral venues, a set number of venues, it kind of minimises the number of people required, um, perhaps even the number of medical staff that would be required to be on site. Um, in any case, I saw that Matt Hughes at the Daily Mail earlier said that teams might be able to play at, at, their, at their home grounds anyway, because there's been, there's been new talks today between the government and the police, so it might not even be an issue. But ultimately if an agreement can't be reached on that you imagine it goes back to what we we're saying earlier that they will just have to decide the season by some other method um the fa came out and said yesterday that the premier league won't be allowed to void the season they won't be allowed to scrap relegation um so one way or another this season is going to be decided whether teams whether it ends up being played at neutral venues whether it ends up not being played at all you know someone is going to win the title some teams are going to go down um it would obviously be extremely extremely tough on those who do get relegated i'm sure months, maybe even years of legal action would follow but you know as we've said these are obviously extraordinary circumstances which call for unusual solutions and unfortunately what those solutions are aren't going to please everyone like i said earlier i found it difficult to work out the best way you know what kind of measures you could put in place and whether it's neutral venues whether it's um minimizing the number of people there medical staff etc and, and you know then you've got to factor in police and security you've got to factor in uh you do have kind of ambulance and stuff on on standby things like that i don't know it, it's uh, it, it's a difficult one right and you can when you balance it all out and i when i if i think of it as a medic then i'm just thinking this is ludicrous and it's madness then you balance it out with the fact that you know it is an industry with lots of money then you can you can start a little bit of doubt starts to creep in, but ultimately in the end, for me, it's it just doesn't make sense. And and when you're if you're changing the rules for the next set of games, then it's a different it's different parameters. You're going to stick them onto the end of the season. Um, you know, I think clubs would be well within their rights to to complain whether it's through legal challenge or otherwise. So if you could come up with uh, some kind of fair system, and again, I haven't bothered trying to do that because well i just i'm not that bothered by it but um you know then that would probably be the best way and and, and you're not going to please everyone ultimately you're not going to please me because you know I, you know there are clubs that have got have got relegation then there's clubs like united who are doing really well and could have pushed for that champions league spot now you don't know how that's going to be calculated there are other clubs you know liverpool pretty much going for the tight would pretty much title winners right um and they've had the season curtailed then you've got all the other clubs at the bottom end so it's you're, there's going to be some group somewhere who's going to be who are going to be irritated so but you just have to kind of i would rather go with being irritated by the crappy decision of how to decide who who goes where rather than being irritated by the fact that the crappy decision of starting the the league again and then seeing all sorts of issues with t squads testing positive people falling ill and that kind of thing so there is there's not going to be a satisfactory outcome but you've got to go with the best outcome for the in terms of the the health of people right we're not talking about we're not talking about oh no Champions League won't, we won't get Champions League qualification. You're talking about, well, you may instigate some kind of event that causes spikes and then further deaths. You know, Cheltenham is probably the main example prior to the lockdown. 
I'm not saying we're going to have 250,000 football fans turning up at a single stage, but on, you know, on a smaller scale, you may get something. So I just wouldn't want to be involved in anything like that. And, and certainly I, I, as an individual, I'd make decisions to make sure I'm not. And I think most people um, probably feel similarly to that. We'll see. I, I, I just can't see a way forward. Yeah, it's obviously uh, going to be pretty impactful on the players if they are uh, made to play and have that impact potentially on their families in a response to that uh, inevitability if, if the league does start playing again. Uh, Danny Rose didn't take particularly kindly to it. Uh, for those that have been uh, following uh, <laughs> Tottenham for the last two or three <laughs> years, uh, you will be aware that Danny Rose very much likes airing whatever he's thinking to his favorite journalist. Uh, and so has done so again this time, but uh, I think it, it initiated on a live feed. But uh, when asked about football returning, he said the government is saying bring back football to boost the morale of the nation, uh, which we mentioned a little bit before. I don't give an expletive about the nation's morale. People's lives are at risk. Football shouldn't be spoken about till numbers have dropped massively. It's bollocks. Um, so he isn't particularly a fan, I assume, because of all those risks to the players. And it does seem like they've kind of been left out of this discussion that's happening between the TV rights holders, between the Premier League, between the FA, uh, even UEFA and FIFA getting in on it, like Jake mentioned, with the five substitutions um, uh, ruling being passed. So uh, I guess my question is, how concerned should the players be in a situation like this? And if they aren't willing to come back, should they be forced to? Because it kind of sounds like at least there was one... uh, article earlier this week that was basically saying that one Premier League club basically told their players if play resumes and you aren't playing then you won't be paid uh, It's such a difficult balance uh, I get, I mean Kevin, you, you'll know this as much as I do watching Danny Rose for the last few months in a Newcastle shirt, I'm not the least a bit surprised that he's not fussed about football coming back anytime soon <laughs> he doesn't look like he enjoys playing it very much so uh, that doesn't surprise me but you know, he, there, there, is, there is something in what he's saying um, I, I think the players uh, and what they want is sort of been um, just overlooked in all of this. I th- think that you know, it's, you know, especially those that have got you know uh, family members that are at risk or family members that you know might be pregnant or have other um, illnesses. Um, even if they don't like it, the thought of them going out and, and perhaps being at greater risk than they they need to be, and and that could impact somebody close to them or or even a complete stranger um, in a supermarket or anything like that that them playing football could ultimately lead to that. Um, it's, it's not a nice place for a player to be in. Um, and, and if football did come back and there was only a single a single death caused by the um, bringing back football, that's one too many. So it, it's a difficult one. But I was listening to Sean Dyche today. He was on one of the, um, he was on a podcast and he was talking about um, at Burnley and he seems to think that, um, and I think this is probably going to be the prevailing attitude among all players, um, that, that if, the, the government and, and the Premier League put in something that gets agreed and, and medical staff are happy with it and, and there's parameters to play professional football, the majority will want to do it. Um, and he, he's, and he, he went on to say that at Burnley, they'd agreed that, that whatever was agreed, they would play because they want to play football. And I, th- I think the majority probably would. Um, but, it, you know, those like Danny Rose um, have, have absolutely need to be respected. Um and then you get into into that difficult legal situation. If you know, you, you, you football came back and and say I, you know, a hundred players in the Premier League um, didn't want to play for for whatever reason, would would they be be in breach of contract? It's so difficult. It's it's such a difficult minefield that I don't really want to get into. But I I think if you did have, I I would want. This at, at Newcastle or at my club, anyway, if a player didn't want to play for for medical reasons or or fears of public public safety, I'd hope that that was respected, um, and that they, they still got paid. And you know, it's because it's such a crazy situation. Um, but yeah, I think the majority would probably want to go back and play football. Um, you know, hearing that from Sean Dyche, it, it made me think that yeah, they probably do, um, and and that. Yeah, that, that's that's their job. That's their dream. They've got a, a finite time playing professional football and they probably want to do it as quickly as possible. But yeah, it's it's very difficult. And I think the players have been massively overlooked in all of this. Um, yeah, just on the Rose thing. Um, I mean, yeah, I think 
he obviously probably could have expressed his views in a more constructive manner. But ultimately, I think what he's what he's saying, there is definitely substance to it. Um, and I think this is a really big part of the issue. You know, um, we've already we've already seen a number of players testing positive. Um, uh, Sergio Aguero, another player who has spoken out saying he was saying he's scared about a return. Um, Glenn Murray as well, just kind of saying on some of the ideas that have been floating around. Um, and again, it just kind of goes back. It just goes back to it, doesn't it? About what what happens if a player, a coach, a, a cameraman who's there filming for Sky or BT, you know, what happens if they test positive? Last time, all that it took for everything to come cracking down was Callum Hudson-Odoi and Mikel Arteta to test positive. So, I mean, if something like that happens again, what do you do? Um, so, again, it just goes back to that point of there are just endless, endless questions. Um, and you can understand why the players are concerned. You know, it's, there's kind of the question of what they're going to be doing in between games as well. You know, are they going to have to stay with their club the entire time? Will they be going home to see their families and seeing their children. Some of those children may have even returned to school by that point who will have been interacting with other children who have been interacting with their family. But, you know, it's just a whole can of worms which opens here um, unless you really do put some strict, strict rules on it. And if you are going to do that as a player, are you going to be happy with that? You know, if you're, if they do come up with some sort of, again, I'm just completely hypothesising here, but I'm just trying to think of a way in which you know, maybe they would try and really strictly try to contain the virus, whether they kept the players under quarantine and for 30, 40 days where they can't see their family. You know, if your employer told you to do that, I think I kind of know what my response would be. Um, you know, I think ultimately a lot of the players won't, feel particularly comfortable being used maybe as a you know pawn a guinea pig for people's entertainment um and again it's just you know if you do need to create if you're getting to the stage where you need to create this you know sealed biosecure environment you have to wonder if it's really worth the risk of doing so at all yeah, I think the players have been overlooked, actually. And actually, if you think about our conversations earlier on, we, we didn't mention the players until we, we, we got this segment in. And, you know, I, it, again, for them, they're, they're not necessarily massively informed about what's happening. They're definitely not include, included in the discussions. I would be apprehensive as, as, a, as a player. Um, the other thing to kind of think about is, there are, you know, they're not the, the Premier League is is big money, but it's not that big money when you consider other industries and kind of who, you know, what, what other industries have been sort of put under, and it just all feels a little bit like why why are we taking the risk? It's a bit like you know why why is the, and also why is football being singled out as well? There are other sports um, that also generate cash. It, and yes, whilst football does generate the most, it's still kind of being singled out. It's a bit like when players are singled out as, oh, why aren't they doing more? Well, why, you know, at that time it was kind of, they were chastised for not doing more from a financial perspective. And now it's kind of like, but also you need to go and put yourselves you're at risk, which, which to me just seems a little bit crazy. I think every single one of them they want to play football, right? That's what they do. And we, as fans, want to watch them, whether it's on TV with, or, or as part of the crowd. Ultimately, though, it's balancing that risk and it's kind of going, do I want to be involved in something if there's even any risk of somebody somewhere getting really unwell? And yeah, we, you know, we talk about the deaths and that is the most striking thing, obviously. But people who get into ICU, who get severe illnesses and they, uh, illnesses and recover Regardless of what that illness is, just the experience of being ICU leads to a lot of uh, physical and mental damage. In this case, there are you know reports of permanent damage to the lungs and reduced lung capacity and things like that. And there are enough health, young, healthy people that have been into ICU and out to kind of say, is that worth a risk, especially for a player who, you know, a player whose health and physical fitness is more more important kind of relatively speaking, uh, than maybe my physical uh, fitness, like in terms of an elite sense, right? So I don't need to be an elite athlete to crack on with my life. 
uh, and, and do my job whilst they do. And, and when you think about when you start putting all of that, all of those layers on top, you can see why there's a lot of maybe fear and 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 apprehension to come to coming back. So, and I'm not sure legally would a would a club be able to. I mean, I don't. I, would, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of the legal stuff, but I'm pretty. Uh, I'm I'm well um, informed enough about kind of health and safety law and stuff from in terms of my workplace. But I'm pretty sure things like that would apply in a general sense to even in a, a football club and its employees. And if you're not providing guarantees about safety and training and all that kind of stuff, then there's issues there. So I'm not sure how a Premier League club can um, feasibly stop paying players if, if it, 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 I guess it depends on contracts and stuff, but it's just all a little bit, there's just too much complexity for me for, to, to, to sort of just go, yeah, June, June is all right. I think we'll be fine and everything will be sorted out. There's so many layers of complexity in it that you just, you, I just don't see how feasibly it's going to work. So, and, and, and just again, just to answer your question, Danny Rose just is, is saying probably what a lot of football players are thinking. He's just more outspoken. Um, and whilst players do want to return and play football because that is their dream, I'm pretty sure none of them would say they would do it if there was a risk of someone falling seriously ill and, and, and perhaps even dying. So, you know, I think their voice has to be taken into account. Yeah, and then uh, we've kind of touched on this already, and I feel like it dovetails into this as well. Uh, the fact that Brighton have now had three players test positive. There's also a lot of clubs on the continent that are starting to get these positive results. They are increasing testing as they try to bring players back to training. But uh, what do you think the impact will be about all these positive tests being revealed right as football is trying to start up again? Um, I, I'm not sure. I think I read today that the Premier League have said that if a player does fall ill, or the test positive, but the whole squad doesn't have to go out on because of it. So uh, I'm not sure. It's it's it it doesn't. Every time you hear of a story, and I'm sure a lot of them, uh, you know, a, a big portion of them probably asymptomatic or um, are not suffering very badly. But it's just the more that come in, it just really decreases the appetite to see the football come back. <laughs> it just it's just a constant reminder every time there's a new story of, of a player or, or test happening that there's still so many people um, ill and, you know, it only takes one person um, in a squad um, being ill that it, 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 it will massively increase the risk of that being passed on. We know, we know how infectious this, this disease is we, and, and we know in football um, there's so much close contact and even if you're putting in these these precautions on the training ground and, and maybe having change rooms with, with four players in, you know, on a match day, it it will be almost impossible to, to prevent this close contact. And yet if it's you can't test these players on a daily basis. It's just yeah, it's just it's just a constant reminder that we shouldn't be bringing football back for me. It just shouldn't be happening and, and the fact that they're persisting with it just, just makes me quite uncomfortable. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's a lot of what we've um, what we've been saying already. You know, um, I think every league is trying these measures now so that when someone does, as we've said, inevitably people will test positive for, for the virus, that they've got measures in place to ensure that they can try to continue while that person recovers. Um, but again, it's just, you know, <laughs> if you, like I've said, if you are putting in, if you are having to introduce those measures, then, you know, why take the risk in the first place? Um, and I think it's, it's also worth at this point just looking at how other sports have handled it. I think, um, you know, how other sports have handled it, how they've kind of attempted to return already. I wrote about a month ago about Japanese basketball league, which is a completely obscure thing to be writing about, but they were one of the first leagues to attempt to come back. Um, and on the night of their first game, three players returned a positive test and that was it. They haven't played again since. So, you know, that just kind of, again, shows the complexity of people are going to be testing 
positive and you know while that's <laughs> while that's happening you do just wonder why you know why I keep taking the risk um again other sports you know golf is due to return next month um but i guess if you're looking at if you're comparing golf with golf with football it's it's like it's like advantage because you know it's an individual sport they aren't coming into this close contact with each other i know the ufc returned on saturday as well their fighters tested positive um also so you know it is just i don't know there's just so much complexity to this there's as i say it's just it's an unprecedented situation, which I hate to say because I've heard that statement so many times. But it really is. There's no kind of, there's no point of comparison historically for these leagues to kind of look at and say, okay, we can draw on those experiences and try to implement them now. Um, what they've really got to be doing is, you know, looking at the reality of what's in front of them and kind of responding to it in kind, which I just, I'm not really sure is what they're doing at the moment. I mean. With with the test with the players testing positive, I mean, was the question around the timing of it, or or what you would do if they did test positive? Yes. <laughs> so it's both of them. All right. So I mean, the timing of it is just that we're now talking about a, a date for for the league to come back. So clubs are now going to be more potentially more public and open about testing, and then. Maybe maybe they've just started proactively testing, and, and that's why you're now starting to see more positive tests being announced. Um, there are more cynical uh, people on 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 Twitter who are, who are saying other things about uh, the timing of it. What to do if they put test positive? I'm not sure how the Premier League are able to give advice to say only the people who test positive should be quarantined or should self isolate. And the, the, where's their where's that medical advice coming from? Because that's kind of not in line with what the WHO and our own government who have been fairly incompetent throughout this whole process that's that's not in line with what they have um, they have suggested so for the Premier League to come out and say well if you've got people who tested positive during a training camp or whatever they they don't they just only they have to go and self-isolate because I what I what I would say is I'm assuming once if you are going to open up the league and play then your training has to be proper, right? I can't just you can't you can't do this kind of physical distance training that some clubs, I think, in Spain are doing in preparation for a potential return, um, because that that I, I just don't see the I don't understand the, the logic behind doing physical distance training and then going into a full contact match. So that with by that logic, then if someone tests positive in a fully full contact. Um, training camp then that whole training camp has to be quarantined right so the premier league coming out with 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 those kind of statements which aren't based on any sort of logical fact or medical science it, it makes it makes no sense and again points towards what we've what we've been talking about throughout this whole thing is a is is just like something the motivation being completely not 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 in line with um the overall feeling which is health and safety should come first, especially in this environment. So for me, again, if you test positive, um, and I said it earlier, in the short time short time frame that you've got to try and complete the season, I think it's, not, is it eight or nine games? Most teams have eight or nine games, maybe maybe a couple less. And you're trying to finish them in, in before the start of the following season. And you need a little bit of a pre-season, I guess. I don't know. don't know how that would work. Um, you, you're just not going to be able to do it. If a club has to end up in quarantine, they're going to have to catch up even harder in terms of um, number of games in in a short space of time. And then, then you know, the counter argument is, well, you're going to have more substitutes. Well, then you've just changed the rules of the game. So, there's too, again, like I said earlier, there's too many layers of complexity in this for me to sit here and think that anyone is going to come up with a competent um, strategy back to to actually playing games even behind closed doors. Cancel the season, work out how to to sort out the rest of it in terms of um, assigning places, and then start working on a strategy for the following season. That that is that's that's what what should be happening, and potentially is happening. It's just that this is all for show in terms of PR and making sure that in terms of sort of contractual obligations to make sure thing everything is done. But at the moment it doesn't, it doesn't, 
it, it just doesn't feel like we're, we're making any progress in the right direction. Yeah, well, fortunately, there is progress being made somewhere. We've alluded to it multiple times throughout the show. It is Germany. There is going to be actual football on this weekend. No disrespect to South Korea, which has already put uh, some matches on. But I was just curious to get from you guys to end on a more positive note. Uh, are you excited about the Bundesliga? How excited? Have you picked a club? Just how are you preparing for the fact that we will once again have live football on in just a few days? Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it. Um, as we've spoken about in this podcast already, I'm not sure how long it's going to go on for, but I'm excited to see some live sport. It's, it is it is a big hole in everybody's lives, like uh, massively for people. You know, sport is a huge part of everybody's lives. It, it's sad that it's not around, um, even if there's a very good reason for it not to be. So I'm excited to watch it. Um, I'll probably watch it uh, as much of it as I can because, as, as you know, we don't know where, how long it's going to be until sport comes back permanently. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll get my fill of it while I can. I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to be watching Dortmund for Jaden Sancho. For, purely for for national team reasons and I guess um, I think Hertha are a team that I quite like um, I quite like the club they've just been taken over so I feel like I could I can identify on that level with Newcastle about thinking for a takeover so yeah I think uh, Hertha might be a team I watch and try and get into but it's I just I hope it does go successfully but I have massive doubts <laughs> yeah I mean I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably watch it, um, you know, just out of interest more than anything. I think it was actually quite a novel experience before um, before the coronavirus kind of ground the football and wide sports industry to a complete halt. It was quite interesting watching games take place behind closed doors. I think Inter Milan, the Europa League game was a really surreal one to watch, just hearing the noise of the ball, you know, rebound or someone's boot or you know every collision you can properly hear I think that was a particularly funny moment when Lukaku scored his second goal in that game the ball kind of bounced off the post he was on the floor it hit him on the head and looped into the back of the net and it was perhaps the most village looking thing I've ever seen in my life so there is that kind of added entertainment value there as well but um yeah I mean it would be it would be nice to see some football back but again I think even while I'm watching it I think there'll be a sense of you know you should just really should this really be happening? Um, and again, I'm just not sure whether we'll see it go on for much longer than this weekend. Um, as Jake said, though, I'll probably, I think I'll, <laughs> I'll tune into the Dortmund game if I have to, if I have to tune into one. Um, they're playing Schalke, which should be quite an interesting game. And in terms of the Bundesliga, say this season, um, sounds quite weird to be referring to it as this season, but. Um, so far in the 2019-20 season, Dortmund have probably been the most entertaining side to watch. They're kind of, you know, lethal going forward, but defensively a complete shambles. Um, so there's always goals. Um, and then maybe if I'm going to pick a side, maybe I'll go with Werder Bremen. Uh, I actually went out to Germany to watch Dortmund play Bremen at the end of last year. And uh, having looked at the table, I was actually quite surprised to see that Bremen are in the relegation places. So it almost feel like a familiar environment supporting a team that is battling relegation. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go with them, but yeah, again, uh, just going back to that original point, I think it will be quite strange to be watching football um, against, you know, the backdrop of everything else that is going on. I find it hilarious that you, you want to relive your experiences with the relegation side of things. I would have thought you'd want to try something a little bit, a different experience, go straight, <laughs> straight for Bayern Munich. Um, it's a <laughs> um, Yeah, look, I think it, it, it is. So I saw some of the UFC stuff like over the on Twitter. I didn't watch the actual fight, and it was kind of nice, cool to see some of this, some of the, you know, the the fallout from it in terms of the discussion, the banter, the kind of debates, and everything else that comes out of it, and. You've seen a bit of activity from Conor McGregor and others <clears throat> on Twitter. So that was kind of entertaining to follow. So I think you'll see similar from the weekend um, in terms of the Bundesliga. So you, I did. You, I do. I'm not gonna lie. Look, I'm a football fan. I miss it. So whilst I'm sort of don't want the football season to be brought back in in terms of the, in the UK in 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 terms of Premier League, that's more from a medical scientific perspective. 
as a football fan, I want it. I want it back. I love it. And this weekend, I'll I'll see if I can catch a game. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not watching from for any principled reason. Uh, it's just that I'm so busy at the moment. We, I, we talked about it beforehand that actually even on the weekends I'm working and and then I've also got the kids and stuff. And so I'll try and catch a game. And the Dortmund one sounds like probably the best one. I'm not. I, I don't follow the Bundesliga as closely as the Premier League, anywhere near as closely. Uh, so I don't know many of the teams that well, sort of individual players. And Dortmund seem to be the most exciting team in the Bundesliga at the moment. And and Jadon Sancho has been linked with Man United. So that's always something that sort of piques the interest every now and then. So I'll, I'll try and catch that game probably if I can, if it lines up with my ridiculous uh, schedule at the moment. But I, mean, I think lots of people will, will tune in um, and will enjoy it. It'll be interesting to see what the fallout is. And, and, and that's not just on Twitter, but also actually what is the fallout? Will there be, you know, will there be fans outside these closed, uh, behind closed doors games? So we saw that uh, prior to the sort of full impact of the, of the, the pandemic um we had behind closed doors games but we we also had fans gathering outside stadiums and things like that whether that will happen will be interesting to see i think in the uk you will definitely see it. i mean people are already out and about anyway without the premier league here so you will see it um yeah I, i'm excited for it we'll see what happens and and uh, in terms of a team uh, i'm not going to pick a team I only follow one team uh, um and uh, and but i will try and catch some of the matches be good to see some some goals flying in and a bit of exciting football. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So um, for me, I, I've done uh, one of those like uh, flow charts that picks a club for you, and I ended up at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, but also interested in uh, Hamburg based on the Van der Vaart and Sun connection. Leverkusen for a similar Sun connection. Uh, Schalke had a lot of players I was interested in for a while when they had like. Uh, Mbolo and Bentaleb, and I think they had Simbuli there for a minute. Uh, I think there was somebody in the back line as well that was of interest. But uh, anyway, I ended up with Motion Gladbach, who themselves posted a mock version of that flowchart. And it said, do you want to be able to spell the name of the club that you picked? And it had an arrow to yes, and it was uh, 17 of the Bundesliga clubs, and then no, just to them which is pretty amusing to me. Um, So already social media game on point. Uh, Also, for those interested in the Bundesliga, uh, Jamie and I have crunched together and we're going to try to get out a Bundesliga-related show out this week. Um, And we'll probably continue from there at least until the Premier League's back up. So kind of a trial period to see if people are interested. It will be called Bundesliga for Beginners. Recording that tomorrow. It'll be out the day after. Uh, is that still true based on when you're going to hear this? Yes, I think so. Um, but anyway, uh, so if you're interested in that, and I'm sure we'll have some uh, friendly voices from this show on that one as well. Uh, but yeah, not only am I somewhat excited about the Bundesliga returning, I've only gone and made a whole nother podcast. So uh, fingers crossed on all of that. But thanks to all of you guys uh, for coming on today. It was an absolute pleasure, even though some of the topics are a little dark. And yes, Joshi, as you brought up, I I hope that these are the only shows where we'll ever have to bring up death rates. Uh, It is obviously (laughs) a part of uh, all of these equations and everything. So thank you guys for coming on and talking about everything so seriously and uh, honestly. But anyway, if you'd like to tell the folks where they could find you or anything you're working on, now would be a good time. Um, yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Joe Jack with two ends. I'm not working on a whole lot at the moment, football related. There's not really much going on, but I think we're going to have a championship show out this week. That's been a long time coming. Um, it's a little bit more to update there as we haven't done one for a long time. So yeah, if you want to have more coronavirus chat, and I'm sure we'll try and get a couple of topics in that take us away from what's going on in the world because it is quite depressing. So yeah, get that on a list as well. Cheers, Kev. Um, you guys can find me at Sam double underscore carp on Twitter. Um, I want to say the deputy editor at Sports Pro, so you can find some of my other stuff on the wider sports industry there. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, hopefully at some point I'll be on and we can have a more positive conversation. Uh, but you can find me uh, on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at uh, M-E-D-I. Uh, J-O-S-H-I and I kind of talk about football and uh, all the stuff that's happening with the pandemic uh, 
from a, hopefully from a scientific and medical perspective, uh, I am work. When I say working on, I mean in my spare time, I do look at all the information. So I try and post some stuff on there, and and maybe also a few jibes about the current government response. But uh, generally speaking, you can find me on there talk about Man United. Uh, so yeah. Awesome, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. You can find this show at EPL Roundtable on Twitter. If you ever have any questions that you'd like to get on the show, you can also email us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. And again, as I said, uh, new Bundesliga show coming out should be Thursday. Uh, and as always, uh, check out the championship show. That'll be the new triumvirate of shows on this channel. But uh, you can always find them on the EPL Roundtable feed on Spotify, iTunes, all of those podcasting sites uh but i did want to thank these three guys again for coming on today it was a pleasure as always and folks at home we have to keep listening deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.